Hello, everyone. Welcome to Outside the Crystal Ball, Episode 1. I am Emily Minton. And I'm Reverend Ronald Flores. We are so excited to get started with this podcast as we have so much information to share with you about all things metaphysical. We love discussing all things paranormal and metaphysical, and we want to create a safe community of like-minded individuals who share in these topics, too. We plan to use our newfounded platform to discuss things that were once considered taboo and sometimes evil. We also want to bring to you things we have learned, discovered over the years, and mistakes we've made so we can help teach you what to avoid and what not to avoid on your spiritual journey, as we have so much information, knowledge, and experience to contribute to it. Our goal is for this to be a community for us to open doors and minds to events and practices that will enlighten your way of thinking about all things metaphysical and paranormal. Since this is the first episode, let's go ahead and jump into how we got started in this line of work and who we are. So what led me down this path, what kind of got me started was this intense fear of death that I had as a child, and I wasn't able to really get past it. It was to the point where I was getting sick at school. My my parents would have to bring me medicine to school during the day, and this was, you know, fifth grade, sixth grade. This wasn't just as a small child, but it was, you know, later on middle school years, and it's kind of embarrassing to have your parents have to come up there all the time. And I was calling home all the time. I fixated on it. It would keep me up at night. This idea that I was going to be in the ground someday in a box, it was horrifying to me. Um, So that's kind of where my interest started. Now, I was also the kid who was always at the library checking out the books on witchcraft and checking out the books on ghost stories. And I was always in that section. So I was kind of a little bit of the weirdo. Mm -hmm quite often. Um, So I think it's just been this natural piece of me my whole life. But I also think the experiences I had as a a young child were terrifying because as a young child, you don't understand that this isn't necessarily a bad thing. It's just scary. And so this fear um, of these sights, this fear of the sounds, I, I think I taught myself to block it out. Mm-hmm. over time. I think I've taught myself to push it down. And so now that I am trying to become a practicing medium, it's hard to get that back. It's hard to push that down because I have this thing in my subconscious that says, no, that's scary. Mm-hmm. Get away from it. Mm-hmm. Don't, you know, don't mess with it. Um, so I'm constantly fighting to, to pull that wall down. Um, and I think that's perfectly normal because I think that the majority of people who have this this calling or this feeling like they don't belong they really do belong in society but they don't right they're they're feeling pulled between two two places i think that most of them go through exactly what you've just described you know they were the outcast in school they read books that weren't very normal to everybody else and you know they had these experiences as a kid and all that so i mean that sounds completely normal yeah it sounds normal to you and I. <laughs> right, right. It's normal to you and I. That's correct. Yes. And hopefully we can use this podcast and this platform mm-hmm. to normalize it to other people and maybe even have a few extra people come out of the the broom closet, so to right. speak, and maybe, you know, have them share in the experience with us as well. Yeah. And it, it's it's something that and the way I got back into to this the way I, I kind of found my path back into mediumship was actually with you because I had 
had several medium readings and they were okay. They were fine. But um, I had had one over the telephone with somebody local here who, and he had said, you're supposed to be doing this. And I kind of chalked it up because I'm so skeptical. And that's something that the viewers are going to learn about me as I am the most skeptical medium on the planet. Like, I barely believe myself half the time, <laughs> and that's yeah. which is a problem. It's a huge problem, right. but it's um it's also what led me down this path. So I have this this reading with this medium. He he tells me all these things. Some are right, some are not. But then he says you're supposed to be doing this, and mm-hmm. I went yeah 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 okay. Here's your mm-hmm. money. Let me you know I'm, I moved on with my day. Mm-hmm. A year later, maybe two years later, I want to have another reading, and so I Google mediums near me and and. You know, your your Google list comes up and the top one, the lady didn't answer the phone. She didn't call me back. So I just kind of chalked it up to whatever it meant to be. So you were the second one on the list. My so advertising I, is working. <laughs> <laughs> so I call you and you answer the phone and you're like, yeah. You know, I said, listen, I have had a, a couple of medium readings. They can't read me. Can you read me? And you're like, well, come in and give it a shot. You know, you didn't give me any guarantees. You didn't promise. Of course I can. It was, I'll, I'll try. Mm-hmm. So I get to your office at the time and I walk in and I sit down and you you do your little opening things and you say your little prayers and I say my name and we do all the the checks and things and you're like, nope, can't read you. Yeah. Sure can't. <laughs> sure can't. And you go, but the reason I can't read you is because you're supposed to be doing this. You said they're standing, your family is standing behind a curtain throwing things at me. And you said, that's my symbol that you're supposed to be doing this. Right. They want you to get this message. Right. And I went, well, that's two. So maybe that's something. And I was like, well, where where do I start? And you go, well, I'll help you. And it was weekly meetings at that point of, what is a chakra? How do you meditate? Learning the basics. What does yep. your colors mean? What do the numbers mean? How, what if you see this symbol? What if you, so it was a lot of basic stuff that you have to know how to do to get right anywhere general knowledge mm-hmm. right that you apply to your life because we can all learn how to do things like one way but that only works for like me or you know somebody else but you have to really take it and make it your own and really um uh you know uh specify basically what you want out of this mm-hmm. like what is your goal what is your purpose and i think that we all start small like i want to be a medium i want to talk to the dead i just want to understand what this is that's happening you know and then you take all of the tools that that light workers um provide to you and you make it your own you really use those tools how you feel comfortable using them right and then that was my purpose of even doing this is to prove to myself that this is real because i can have a thousand medium readings and they can be a hundred percent accurate every time, which you're never going to be hundred percent accurate, but they could be that way, and I would still doubt it, and I would still go, "Hmm, they've Googled me," right. or you know, whatever, because you know you're going to know my grandmother's third cousin's whatever by Googling me. Right? It's not. It's real. But I thought to myself, if I can do this, I'm not going to lie to myself. I'm not scamming myself. So then, if I can prove to myself that it's real by getting this information then that's going to help with this fear of death that I have. Um, So that was my purpose behind this was to prove this existence of life after death, which also led me into the paranormal investigation world, which, you know, I have this whole other community of people now that I didn't have 10 years ago Mm -hmm. because it's, it's very, I'm not going to say odd. I'm going to say it's, it's very wonderful how those doors begin to open up 
mm-hmm. when you open your mind up to that stuff, those doors begin to open up and your community becomes different. Um, so that's kind of what got me here was you led me here and then you decided I'm going to take a hiatus after doing that for a few <laughs> months. <laughs> so I had to go out and find other people, which was fine. Mm-hmm. I think it was meant to be because that's exactly right. Yep. I have all these other pieces that isn't just Ronnie's way of doing it. Right. I have all these other pieces which help me make Emily's way of doing yeah, it. Yeah, and that's the beauty of it because mm-hmm. again, it's a sharing experience, right? So I give you some tools that I know, but then somebody else can provide you with something that maybe I don't know because right. as as much as I want to be all-knowing, I'm not. <laughs> and at the end of the day, I only work in one or two modalities at a time when you could have been working in something completely different that I may not know exactly how to get you there, but I know the basics to get you started. Mm-hmm. And so, and and that's part of that beautiful sharing experience. Yeah. And it's, I love that I have a little bit of knowledge from all of these great mediums and psychics that I can pull from. You yeah. know, I may not use it all. Like you said, you may not use it all every day, but you can use this piece and you can use that piece today. And then tomorrow you're going to use this piece and that piece. Right. You know, or today my clairvoyance isn't working, but my clairsentience kicking right. in. Right. So you need to be able to learn how to move from one clair to the other clair. Yeah. Exactly, because you could be uh, working on a project that you need, you know, your clairsentience for, and then you do a reading for somebody, but you need to be clairaudient in that, and you need to know what that is and how to interpret those messages using clairaudience. So there's, there's like, we could sit here and talk all day about the different modalities of metaphysics, but there's so many of them. Um, So yeah. So how did you get into this? What started you? So my story goes back to when I was... I guess somewhere about 10 or 11, I had a dog and um, there used to be a kid that teased my dog and, you know, he would throw things at him and hit him with sticks. And and, and so without getting too, too into it, because it, it was a, a terrible thing, um, the dog got loose one day and, of course, retaliated against this kid. And this kid, I don't know, he must have been like 13 or 14 at the time. He knew better. He knew what he was doing was wrong. And the dog retaliated. And I felt that that was only natural. I hate what happened because he got bit. And he didn't die or anything like that. But he he got bit really bad. And so the county came and we had to put our dog down. I didn't know that the dog was put down. I thought the dog was just taken away. Mm-hmm. I didn't actually learn that until, you know, a little bit later. And... um. I remember that night going to sleep and again, not knowing that my dog was just put down because he was put down as soon as he went in. Mm. Uh, I didn't know that, but I was, I was laying in bed about to go to sleep and I felt a presence in the room. I almost felt like my mom came in to maybe tell me good, good night or whatever, but it wasn't. And I I remember kind of just opening my eyes, laying in bed, kind of looking at the door. There was nobody there. And then I happened to look down and I saw my dog next to my bed. And when I did, it scared me enough that I sat up because the dog was not an inside dog. He was an outside dog. So for him to be inside was abnormal. And I remember thinking, oh my God, he's back, you know, whatever. But I remember looking again and thinking, that's not what he looked like. It was a different kind of thing like I knew that that was my dog but I didn't know that he wasn't there in person I don't know it was it's very confusing to me still to this day um but when I sat up I remember trying to visualize what the heck was going on and at that time he launched forward to my face and it knocked me back into the bed and I remember thinking oh my god I was feeling was I just bit right because that's how it felt Plus, on the human experience part of things, I had witnessed him attack someone. Mm. 
So for me, you know, it was like, he's attacking me now. Right. Right. And so anyways, um, I didn't think anything of it. I just went back to sleep. Obviously, I was scared. I don't remember much after that point. But about a year later, I was actually bit in the face by a dog. So I now looking back on it, I was getting a message from him that, hey, listen, warning, you're going to get bit in the face by a dog. You need to try to avoid it. But I didn't know how to interpret that message then. So obviously he was relaying that information to me because a year later I was bit in the face by a dog and all that. Um, And so that's where it kind of started for me. That's the first time I ever had a paranormal experience, which is now, um, you know, what I look back on as my starting point for this. And so after that, my grandmother, she was spiritual and she kind of came out of the broom closet, so to speak, and and would tell me things and stories about spirits and energy. She was an energy worker. So we would um, put our hands together and we would exchange energy and she would teach me how to do all of this stuff. And the whole time I never told anybody else about it because it was just something that me and my grandmother did. And she didn't tell me not to tell anybody, but it's just something that Like, let's say you go to grandma and grandpa's house on the weekends, and that's where you're happy and all of that. And then you have to go back to school Monday through Friday. It was a situation meant for just that, right? Right. Um, And so so I I didn't tell anybody, but I started getting into Ouija boards. A friend bought me a Ouija board when I was like 12. And uh, so she she taught me how to use it and all of that. And... uh, and I remember feeling comfortable on it. I remember also using it by myself and watching the planchet just move by itself. Like this is how in tune I was to spirit. Mm-hmm. I never really let go of that feeling like most kids do as they grow up because right. I was the odd one out for pretty much most of my life. And in some situations, I still am. Um, but then I rem- so when I was about 20 years old, I, this was my first mediumship experience. Um, a friend called me over because she wanted to play on a Ouija board. She had a group of friends over and they all wanted to play on this Ouija board. And so she said, you know, since you're versed in it, I want to be protected. I want to make sure we're not doing anything bad. And I was like, fine. You know, I knew that they weren't dangerous. You know, if you're going to do dangerous things on them, obviously it can bring in something dangerous. But most of the time, people just want to communicate. And that's all. And so, you know, I told him we have to protect ourselves and all that. And so we went through all of that. And her hand was on it. And then she said, you know, I don't believe this because I'm asking the questions. We were talking to um, uh, someone who had passed away, one of her friends. And she said, but I'm touching it. So what if I'm spelling it out? And said, well, take your hands off. Everybody else doesn't know who you're talking to. They have no, they don't know this person from Adam. And so I said, you'll ask a question. Everybody else will keep their hands on it and it'll spill out and we'll see. We'll test it. And she said, okay. So she took her hands off and she said, I'll never forget this moment. She said, if this is real, what was your girlfriend's name at the time of your passing? And I saw the name in my head and I blurted out the name Stacy and she screamed slid back like this and she's like what just happened and i'm like i'm in the same state of mind i'm like what just happened (laughs) so so she asked a few other questions but i would answer them the thing would not move on the ouija board i constantly answered her questions and at that point i'm like okay something's happening here so i went down to orlando i was on a vacation and i had a tarot reading done my very first one and they told me you need to be doing this you have an ability that you need to share with the world and i was like okay so 
for the next couple years of my life, I found a metaphysical church that I went to and faithfully every Friday night that it was available, I went and I studied and I practiced and I honed in on my skill and eventually I took it professional and 13 years later, here I am. And that's kind of how I got started. That is awesome. That's awesome. And I love that it was, I'm going to call it spirit taught. Like you were, it's, it, I have to go out and seek it and get the information and kind of work on it that way where you, it was just given to, you know what I mean? You, I don't want to say it was given to you, but it kind of was, it was a gift. It was it's something that happened to you. You didn't ask for it. It just happened. And I think that's amazing. Yeah. I think that's amazing. I, I'm jealous of that. Like I wish oh. that would have happened to me. Well, you shouldn't be because here's the thing. You had it when you were young and you have it now. There's a gap where society told you that it doesn't exist. Right. right. Or you saw horror movies that maybe sca- who, whatever, whatever the case it was, is, yeah. You were always connected. You just weren't aware that you were connected. For me, I didn't have that break in that in that timeline. I didn't have that society's going to tell me how to mm-hmm. run and rule my life. Um, I, I didn't grow up in a household that was very um, devout Christian or anything like like I went to a Baptist church, but none of that influenced me at all. I still talked on a Ouija board to, to spirits. I never told anybody though. That was the thing. Mm-hmm. And, and so I just kind of kept it as a normal thing for me and an abnormal thing for other people, you know, and I looked at it like some people have, you know, abilities that, you know, or disabilities or whatever the case is, everyone is different mm-hmm. is what I'm trying to say. And so I knew that I was different in some way even though now I believe we're all connected and that we all have the ability. It's just like we all also have the ability to become a doctor. Right. But we don't because we don't feel that calling. Right. Right. Some people are like, I felt the calling to become a firefighter or a police officer or whatever. Maybe you work at a grocery store for all I know. All I know is that you follow your calling. And this was my calling for me. And I believe that spirit was watching out for me because they didn't break the cycle for me. They right. didn't allow that to happen. And now looking back on it, I've been doing it professionally for 13 years and I can see why they didn't break the cycle because it would have I would have been in your situation trying to find out how to do this all over again, how to reconnect, how to make it feel natural and all that. So for me, yes, it may seem like that, but it's really not. <laughs> it's 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 the same basically for all of us. The basics of it are the same. Right. Right. And I I really like that I like how you explain that. Like it wasn't the the break in it. You had someone, you had your grandmother to encourage it and to make it normal for you. It wasn't, you know, you're dabbling in, you know, the devil's work right. or, you know, you, it wasn't made that way. I was raised in Southern Alabama and it was very much oh, yeah. that way. It was very much, you don't mess with that kind of stuff. It's witchcraft. It's, you know, right. this, and today you can look at witchcraft and go, okay, it's not bad. It's really a, a good thing. Right. It's really a very pleasant religion. But back, you know, back then it was in, in the in the late seventies, early eighties, it's taboo and you don't want to talk about it and it's evil. And so, you know, I would check out the books on Well, witchcraft. especially and if you go back to the fifteen and sixteen hundreds, it was oh, even yeah. worse. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. But, but, you know, as a little girl, you're checking out the, the ghost story books and people look at you weird. Yeah. Like, why? Yeah. And I'm like, I, I don't know. This is just not like this is interesting to me. This mm-hmm. is natural for me. And I think there's a lot of people like that today that it's just natural for them. But you still will get picked on. Right. You know, my son, my youngest son is 15. He I believe in my soul. He has these same gifts that are a little more accessible than maybe my oldest son. Um, but he is pushing them away because he is. I don't want to say embarrassed of them, but he doesn't know how to make that socially acceptable. 
with right. his group of football player buddies. You know, how are you right. going to make oh, yeah. talking to dead people <laughs> yeah. super cool with yeah. the quarterback? I mean, you can't. Right. Right. It's it's hard. So I think he's pushing it away for now. Um, he does every once in a while. He'll say stuff to me, but he he's a little. It's a little taboo for him. Well, and he's still connected, sort of. You're mm-hmm. the connection for him that he can voice what his concerns or his questions to right. you, and maybe you can help him out with that. So, you know, um, looking from the outside in, it's like it's a, it's going to be a shared experience between both of y'all, and you're both going to grow from it. Right, right. And I think a lot of of my my fear stems from when I my I don't want to say it was my first paranormal experience, my first apparition. Because there were other things. We grew up in this little house in southern Alabama, and it was a very it was a ranch house. So it was like you started in the kitchen. It was a hallway, and there was rooms off either side of the hallway, right? So it's mm-hmm. this little tiny ranch house. And um, my parents' bedroom was at the very end. Our bedroom was next door to theirs. I shared with my little sister. And things would happen where we would see things. We would see eyes. We would see people looking. We would see um, things in the corners of the room. But one night I had gotten afraid and gotten in the bed, went and got in the bed with my parents. And I was laying on the end, like on the edge of their bed because I kind of snuck in. You know how you do? You sneak in. Yeah. Like maybe they won't notice. Right. So, and I was, I was four. I'll never forget it. But I get in and I sneak into their little bed and I look down the hallway and I can see a woman walking down the hallway and she's carrying a huge like cooking pot which didn't make sense to me. Mm-hmm. And she was terrifying looking. It looked to me like the ends of her fingers were burned off. Oh my Carrying God. this pot. And so it terrified me, of course, as a well, four-year-old. Yeah. And she's walking down the hallway. And in my head, I thought, this is my great-grandmother. She died five years before I was born. Four years, like I never met this woman. I've never seen pictures of this woman. But in my head, I remember thinking, her name was Bertha. Yeah. I remember thinking, that's Bertha. And I was like, why would I? I don't know. So you got a name. So I got a name. And so I immediately, you know, head under the covers, buried my head in my dad's armpit. Like, this is not happening. And I never really said anything about it. And years later, I was probably 10 or 11. And we were sitting at my grandmother's dinner table, my sister and myself and my grandmother. And we're eating and talking and telling ghost stories and just being silly. And I tell this, I, I go to tell this story. And I said, and I saw I say, I'm tell the whole story. And I say, well, then I saw her walking down the hallway and my sister goes, was she carrying her pot and her fingers were burnt off? And I went, yeah. And she goes, I saw that too. Wow. So that was like my first. And I think that's what led me to shut down. That's what led, because it's scary when mm-hmm. you're four. At least scary now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I think that's kind of what started me shutting things down was that house. And I don't know if it was just a malicious spirit in that house because things would happen where we would wake up and my sister and I both, we couldn't find the doorknob to get out of the room or the lights wouldn't turn on. Um, Little things like that. Or we'd wake up and there would be something like a face up in the corner. We would both see it. So it was validated that it was, that it had happened. But I think that house is what shut it all down for me because Mm -hmm. it was scary Mm -hmm. when you're little. It's Mm -hmm. a scary thing to happen. Um, but after that, I didn't, nothing else has really happened scary wise until I started to open this door back up. And I'm not even, it's not scary now, but what I mean by that is seeing, you know, having experiences, having sounds, having voices, having sights, things that I would have shut down before. And so what kind of things are you doing now? Cause I know you're mostly into paranormal 
stuff, but you're also learning mediumship. I am learning mediumship. So I've been taking classes since 2018, I think is when you and I started, 2017, 18. And I I do a a weekly circle. Um, I am doing a lot of paranormal investigation, just opened up a business to do that. Because again, it's my proof that there's life after death. And it also puts me in places that has a lot of energy, that has a lot of, um, whether it's residual energy, whether it's active energy, it puts me in these places that helps me to open my mind and my abilities, I would hope, a little bit um, more accurately, quicker. I mean, just being exposed to it more is kind of my goal. Right. What about you? What are you up to these days? I have found myself doing, obviously, I read tarot now. So I used to actually be 100% medium. That's all I did, talking to dead people and, you know, helping people to kind of like you prove that maybe something does exist after we die. And also kind of helping cope, you know, bereavement things right. and, and things like that. But um, so I, be, I became a minister and I learned about metaphysics. Um, I went to the uh, University of Sedona, University of Metaphysics, located in Sedona, Arizona, and it's an online course, and I did that, and so I had my bachelor's in metaphysical science, and once that was established, I'm like, okay, I feel like I can take on, like, I feel like I have enough training, enough expertise in this field to actually assist people in growing them their spiritual past themselves, right? And so... Um, I stopped doing medium. That was the hiatus that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. That when I stopped, I I stopped doing mediumship because, for me, this is not a generalized statement, but just for me, it took a toll on my mental status because I had been doing mediumship for ten years, right? And we're talking every day. And then it would get to the point where I would go to a party or an outing. People would find out what I did and they would try to pull me over to a corner. And Mm. I didn't really mind it at first. But then it's kind of like, where do we draw the line? When can I have a good time? I just want to come here and have a beer and go home. That's it. And I loved the work that I did. But at the same time, it was always about other people healing. And I found myself not healing from it. Because as a light worker or a metaphysician, you are supposed to heal yourself at the same time that you're healing someone else, right? And I wasn't feeling that. I wasn't I wasn't getting that. So I went to my guides and I'm like, that's it. I think I'm done. I'm closing this door. I'm going to do something. I was in real estate at that time. And um, so I did that a little bit. And then one day I woke up and they were like, you misinterpreted. Okay, and, and that's... It's kind of going back to what you were saying before, like you can't always be 100 percent right, even if you're doing a reading or for yourself, you can't because you're human. Right. And especially if it relates to you. And so I was kind of like, okay, what did I misinterpret? And they're like, you weren't supposed to stop. You were supposed to transition or what I call ascend to another modality of metaphysics. And so I kind of worked with that for a few weeks and I'm like, okay, show me what I'm supposed to do. Let's get back into this. Let's do our pant method, our prayer affirmation, meditation, protection, things like that. And the more that I did that, the more connecting that I did, I I set up all of this stuff with my guides and I'm like, okay, so what am I supposed to do? Uh And the first thing I thought was tarot cards. And I'm like, okay, I can read tarot all day long. And so now that's currently what I'm doing is I'm reading tarot, but... 80% of the time, 
what I'm doing is assisting people and growing spiritually because my goal is to put myself out of business. I don't want to do this because I want everybody else to know how to read and how to help other people. So with that being said, you should never read for yourself, by the way. Right. You should never do that because I could flip a card and make it say what I want Whatever it to say. Whatever you want it to say. <laughs> because I'm going to be influenced by that, right? With other people, it's different because I don't really know about you. And so I could flip a card and tell you exactly what that means. And you're like, okay, that's exactly what I wanted to know, you mm-hmm. know, and things like that. Not necessarily what I wanted to hear, but that was exactly what I wanted to know. And so that's what I'm doing these days is basically I'm a spiritual intuitive coach and I'm coaching people on how to really deal with all of these feelings that they're having and all of that um, and, and growing their spiritual path. You know, we we sit down and we flip tarot. I incorporate tarot into that as an intuitive um and I, I kind of lay out their spiritual path. I tell them what I see and then I take. I love saying this line, but I take a negative um, outcome or um, a negative situation and turn it into a positive outcome. And that's how I kind of like to see everyone's spiritual past, because people will look at their path and they'll be like, well, this is negative. This isn't working. This isn't. And I'm like, wait a second. You're looking at it the wrong way. Mm -hmm. Your human self is telling you this is bad. This is bad. This is bad. Again, it goes back to what we're saying. This is societal standards. You don't do this kind of stuff. But when I tell them that's the glass half empty, here's the glass half full. They're like, oh, and you can just see all of this weight being dumped off of their shoulders. And they're like, yes, this is exactly what I needed. And so the more that I started seeing that reading tarot, the more I started practicing on, okay, how do we tell them or how do we show them um, what's on their path and how they can accomplish these these goals and things like that. Um, I like to tell people that we're a spiritual body before we're a physical body. And so if our spiritual body is not in tune, balanced, aligned, things like that, then our physical body is not either. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I'm no doctor or anything like that, so I'm not diagnosing anything, but I work on the spiritual body and I can help to heal the spiritual body. Um, and I think that's a good starting point for most people. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And you're, I love your tarot card readings. When you read for me, it's amazing. It's um, because most of the time I would come to you and I go, okay, spiritually, something's off again. I'm blocked. I can't, you know, something's happening. Tell me what's up. And you tell me all the things. And then the last time I came to you, I didn't tell you why I was coming. And you assumed that it was probably spiritual. And you went, you, you know, I picked my cards, you go, this is this is about relationship stuff. And I went, that's why I'm <laughs> <Yeah>. here. <laughs> you go, that's not what I'm used to with yeah. you. But it's and, and these cards, I was thinking about it the other day because I'm trying to to pull one a day and learn what they mean and, and learn how to read them more fluently. Um, I don't know how they work. I don't understand how a game made by a game manufacturer can tell you exactly what's going on. The Ouija board. It it makes it blows my mind. I'm like, am I like logically, scientifically, analytically? This is a card. This is a piece of paper that some card manufacturer printed five thousand copies of and shipped them out across the world. Right. But you can redo a, a tarot read for me, and you're just like, um, this is what's happening in your world. And I'm like, how the hell does this happen? Yeah. How is that? How does it work? I don't understand. So it it blows my mind. Like you said, the Ouija board, the tarot pendulum. How? How does it know? (laughs) Right. right. Well, just like a doctor has tools that were made by companies, 
spirits, spiritists, lightworkers, whoever, also have tools that were made by certain companies to assist. And it may be viewed as a game. Right. That's completely fine. It's all about your intention. You set your intention for whatever it is that you're doing with that. Um, you, you don't open a puzzle and you expect, well, actually, I don't know. That would be a really good test to see if we could read through a puzzle or something like that. Oh, my that. God. <laughs> but, yeah. So, anyways, it, it's it's all about your intention. Right. And it's not just the card. So, if I flip a card and that's the three of pentacles, immediately I know pentacles represents the earthly realm, finances, things like that. Because that's what pentacles are. I know that there are three people in this card. The number three representing growth. So if we put growth and financial together, I guarantee you there's a message in there for you somehow. But that only gets me so far. I then intuitively have to read into your aura to know everything that's going on, what I see, and how do I apply it to that card. So there's a billion things. It's basically a computer happening. It's amazing. All of these things at one time. It is absolutely amazing. And even though it doesn't make any sense to me, it makes perfect sense to the person. And that's Mm -hmm. exactly what it was meant for. It is, it is so cool. And, and I, was, I was talking to my husband about that. I was like, how? I mean, I'm not, I don't like to use the word magic, but it's damn close. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, I don't know. It, it blows my mind that this pile of, of cards can be as accurate as they are. But you're right. It has a lot to do with your intention. You're, you're asking a question. You're setting that intent. Yep. That this is the information that I need today. Um, to help me get through whatever issue, whatever problem, whatever it is, advice. Yeah, and it's just like right before we sit down to do the session, I set my intent. I explain to you, even though you'll hear it five million times, I don't care. I have to say it every single time, my little opening, right? Because that's telling my guides, okay, I'm ready to work, Mm -hmm. okay? I'm ready to open up to this person's energy. And then I tell you to give me your first name for permission to symbolize permission for us to have your personal information, all that. And that's so we know you're ready also. Because there and there have been times where people have sat down and they're just like, I don't know, I'm too scared. I can't do this. I'm like, you have to stop because in order to tap into your information, I have to have you somewhat level headed. Right. Right. You can't be um, too anxious or anything like that. Okay, sorry about that. We had a slight interruption, but all is good now. And we are back. So let's pick up where we left off. We were talking about tarot cards and tell me a little bit about. The tools that you use as a paranormal investigator and kind of how they work, because I explained the tarot cards and now it's your turn to kind of explain your tools, um, which were made all by companies, by all the way. by companies <laughs> to be games, to be entertainment, it's entertainment purposes. Um, a lot of what I use, I love the dowsing rods. I can't use them. My husband can use them and I don't know why. And we're going to have episodes of podcasts where we can go really in depth into this. So if you're listening and you want more information, it's coming. But my husband, and the only thing I can think of is he's, he's from Kentucky. And I know that sounds stupid, but his grandparents found wells. They found springs. They found water using dowsing rods. So I don't know if it's in his blood. I don't know, but I can't use them. You've tried to use them. It's hard. Yeah. It's hard. And he can sit down with those things and they, boop, 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 yeah. and they, I mean, you've watched him I've do it. I've seen it. Yeah. It's crazy. So that's probably one of my favorites. Um, I also like the REM pod. That's my newest toy. The yeah. little, it's, it detects the electromagnetic frequencies anytime energy gets close to it. Speaking of which, I want to interrupt you for okay. just a second because I wanted to tell our listeners and viewers about that 
um, experience that we had at the first paranormal investigation yes, that, that we was did really together. Cool. And I remember saying that I was seeing this lady who was, so it was a two-story building, and she kept calling us downstairs, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. Downstairs. And, and she I, would peek her head up. Yeah, she was. Around the railing. Yeah. And she was like, come, you have to follow me now. He's down here, blah, blah, blah. And so we went down, and I think we were in the kitchen or something, and the, the REM pod went off. And I remember telling you, because you were like, can we go in there? And I was like. It's going to stop as soon as you go in. And I swear to God, as soon as you stepped foot in that door, that threshold, it stopped. It quit. It quit. It stopped. And that was even good confirmation for me because what if I had told you as soon as you go in there, well, it will stop and it didn't, right? right. That would have thrown me all off. But I trusted in that information that this lady was telling me, who was a ghostly figure, by the way, and could have right. been scary to other people. But for me, she was a very kind spirit. She was just trying to warn us of a few things. Um, so anyways, I had to throw that in there when you mentioned the rim pod. And I was like, yes, I have to tell that story. <laughs> that um, was so awesome. That was it was amazing to have you there to pick up psychically some of the things that, that were happening in the house. Um, yes, it's always good to take a psychic on a paranormal investigation. Sure is. <laughs> <laughs> sure is. So that was really amazing. Um, I also like the, I, I want to like the spirit box. I want to. Okay. But it's giving me nothing. Give me, give me nothing. So hopefully I can use that better in the future because I feel like it goes so fast. Right. And I'm so hard of hearing as it is. Yeah. I want to try that Estes method method where you plug in the headphones and you oh. like, so I, I would, don't know what that is. So you plug in headphones to the spirit box, like noise canceling headphones. Uh -huh. And only you can hear what the, what it's saying. And then you, and it'll be in a different room asking questions. And then I'll give you the answers. Oh. And I've seen it work a million times, but I can't understand what the spirit box is saying when it's not. You know, that, that I need to get better at listening to it before I move on to that because I can't, I can't, like I said, I can't hear as it is. So, <laughs> but I really want to like that. Um, we use the, the standard K2 meter. Um, I'm trying to think what else do we and use? Tell us what a K2 meter is. So the K2 meter is the little um, device. It's another electromagnetic frequency. And if you hold it up next to your cell phone, for example, it's going to light up. It's going to go from red, orange, yellow, green. and light up so the premise is the idea is that when energy gets close to it it's going to light up right um you also have to be very careful because if it gets around electronics outlets you know wires in the wall it's going to go off so you have to kind of approach all of these devices with the understanding that there are things that can happen outside of the spiritual world that are just regular they influence them yeah. yeah that can that can trigger them and can make them go off so you'll hear when we start to go through some of our ghost hunts and talk about those some of the evidence you'll hear us say oh it's going off oh my phone's next to it or it's near this outlet or whatever the case may be and we just did another investigation in saint augustine which we'll talk about probably in the next two podcasts, yeah. I think, because we want to cover the next one on the next podcast. Yeah. So you guys will have to uh, listen up for that one because that one was pretty good. I haven't reviewed all my footage yet, but I'm working on it. Yeah, I have about 20 minutes left. Yeah. It was a lot. And then we go to the lighthouse on the 10th mm -hmm. to do an investigation there in St. That's Augustine. next Friday, I mm -hmm. think. So that'd be fun. I'm excited. That'd be a good one. Um, but yeah, I really... I. It's almost like an adrenaline rush to get those yeah. pieces of information <laughs> because it's a validation of what you're you're thinking, what you're feeling. And it's also, here's this piece of evidence that I can't explain. And like I said, I'm the most skeptical person 
on the planet. If I can debunk it, I'm going to debunk it. And that's how I've lived my life for the last 30 years, 20 years is blowing it off. Oh, that's just this or that's just that. You know, my husband and I have this joke here. Oh, it's just the cat. We don't have a cat. (laughs) (laughs) Right. It's just the cat. No, no, it's not. We don't have one. Right. So it's, it's, um, we, we, you kind of push that away to protect yourself from the fear of this unknown. But the more I get into this, the more it's not scary. It's right. I am, my mom messes with me and my family does all the time because I won't watch a scary movie. I refuse. I will not watch a horror movie. I will not watch Scream. I will not watch The Conjuring. I won't watch any of it because it terrifies me. Well, Scream and The Conjuring are two opposite ends of the spectrum. One's gore, one's paranormal. I am not too big on paranormal. I mean, gore, but I love paranormal. (laughs) I love it. I don't know what it is, but for me, it's almost like an escape into what I do. And it almost feels comforting that there's actually a movie made about what I do, right? Right. So yeah, I, I I like to watch scary movies. I'm a I'm a scary like movie them. fan. Yeah. And my mom will be like, but don't you talk to dead people? And I'm like, <laughs> Yeah. They're not gonna stab me with a knife. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. The guy on scream, he might. So yeah. I'm not it, that I don't know. I'm a big chicken, but when it comes to the paranormal, it doesn't scare me. I will sit I've gone to the 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 old jail mm-hmm. in town. I will sit in a cell in the dark by myself at two in the morning. No problem. Leave me in there. Okay, I'm yeah. fine with that. I'm safe in there. The yeah. only thing that's going to talk to me are dead people, and they're not going to bother me. Yeah, you know, they just mm-hmm. have something to say. Mm-hmm. So, I, I don't know. I another check in the weirdo box, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're not a weirdo. Um, yeah, I went. I went to that paranormal. Um, I went to the uh, old jail, and I remember um, that there's an upstairs. Mm-hmm. And on that very first section, the very end room, that's where everybody congregated. And so I kind of went down there to check out what was going on. And they're like, walk into this cell and tell us what you feel. And I was like, okay. And I walked in and immediately, you know how if you uh, if you stand up or something, sometimes you can feel this blood rush to your head and yeah. it feels like, like it's pounding. I immediately felt that. My heart started palpitating and I was short of breath. Either I was having a heart attack or a physical ailment, or this was spiritual. And I knew that it was spiritual. I could feel the spirit telling me that he didn't want me there for whatever reason. And as much as we love to acknowledge that there is beauty and things around us, we also have to acknowledge that there's a dark side to this world. And so, but, you know, finding balance in that is is the key. But anyways, so I knew that it wasn't, it wasn't positive. And so I immediately backed out and, you know, I wanted saged immediately. I wanted prayers around me. There was a shaman there who kind of um, cleared us all out and, and things like that. Um, so, yeah, I, I have had my experience in that jail and I've been there a couple times. So, yeah, I love it. We'll have to go back again. Yeah, definitely. I really like going to oh, that. Wouldn't it be nice if we could actually do the podcast from the jail? <gasps> well, I bet we could. I bet we could, too. Because that lady there is really nice. Let us know in the comments. Do you want to see us do a podcast in the jail? I think that would be that would great. Be really awesome. That would be great. And to our viewers too, I guess we can tell them kind of our structure of the podcast. Maybe like, yeah. you know, how often we're going to do it, how long they're going to be, and things like that. Um, what did we decide? I think we decided every two weeks to start with until yeah, we get yeah every two weeks. Yeah, we'll do every two weeks, and then um, we'll do little segments in there. We're going to talk about our ghost hunts. We're going to have um, the the meat of the program will be. 
whatever topic we're talking about, right. whether we're talking about how to read tarot cards, what a pendulum is, what how do you know how do you determine what your Claire is the strongest, like whatever it is we're going to talk about, that'd be the meat. And then we'll talk a little bit about ghost hunts if we have any on the table. And then um, we thought about doing segments on like how to read tarot. So we'll pull a tarot card. We'll have um, a lot of people will probably be interested in reading tarot because a lot of people actually approach me and they're like, I want to be able to read the cards again. You should never read for yourself. So if that's your intent, <laughs> that's probably not going to work out too well. But if you're wanting to do it for other people or whatever to help them on your path um, as well as their path, then, you know, tune in and, and learn a few things about tarot. Yeah. And we'll even we can even eventually start, you know, pulling one of our viewers and doing a read for them. Yeah. Oh, yeah, on the show, um, and just to show how it works, to show how, you know, you can. You yeah, can... I'd love to eventually have live callers. Flip that would card. be awesome. Yeah, I know. I'm excited. I'm super excited about the podcast. I'm I, I'm even more excited that we can share it together because you're an amazing soul, beautiful oh, energy. Thank you. And and, you know, I like being around your energy. So, um, yeah, I, I look forward to this podcast. I think it's going to help a lot of people, but it's also going to help us, too. I think so. And I was so excited when you called me and you're like, you text me. I was actually in mediumship circle and, and he texts me and he's like, hey, you want to do a podcast? And I went, yes. <laughs> I was I was sitting there and I was like, OK, because I had heard it for like a few months now. My guides were telling me something about podcast podcast and I was not into podcast at all. I had no plans to change anything in my business or restructure or whatever. And I was like, you know what? No, because I don't want to do this by myself. I'm tired of doing everything alone i want to be able to share with someone and then you immediately popped up and i was like no will she really do one and so i remember texting you and you were like yes and then so it's great i i can't wait to see where it goes and i can't wait to actually have live people call in and things like that and we hope that you guys listening and, and viewing this will grow with us and we're going to try to put it on video i know our video isn't perfect right now but we're going to slowly work on it and improve in any way that we can you know so leave comments what you guys want to see what you don't want to see what you like what you don't like we want to know all of it we can take criticism well and so if there's some of us can well <laughs> I am very to. sensitive. <laughs> okay, well, do it very kindly. <laughs> Let's do it kindly. But uh, yeah, so let us know your feedback on the podcast. Um, I think that we were going to keep them somewhere around 45 minutes to an hour. Just to start off with, hopefully um, in time, we can we can tune that a little bit more toward an hour. I think that's usually what podcasts run. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's going to be great. I can't wait to see what to see what happens. It's going to be amazing. I'm very excited about it. Um, like over the moon excited about it so um yeah i guess we can we're hitting about 45 minutes right now so that's pretty good perfect um so we'll leave you with kind of what we're going to talk about next podcast which will be actually reviewing footage maybe yeah of... we're going to go over the ghost hunt that we did in lake city florida um at this beautiful house that we were able gorgeous. to get into and it there. was decorated for christmas it was, it was so, so gorgeous um so we're going to go over that. And I think we're going to talk next week about tips, tips and tricks of, of paranormal investigations. Okay. Um, how, you know, how to how, basically how to do one, what to expect, what, what you can, how to debunk, how to, how to, what's the word I'm looking for? I've just drawn a complete blank. Like how to differentiate. Thank you. How to differentiate. <laughs> I am psychic. Sometimes I can pull words. <laughs> Thank you. How to differentiate between what's what's you know a, a real piece of evidence and what isn't. What you you know. That's important because, and I don't want you to talk about it yet because okay. we have to save that. But we are going to be discussing orbs. 
Yes. Because our view on <laughs> orbs are probably not what you're thinking. So if you're into orbs and things, I'd love for you to tune into whatever podcast that's going to be or which, whichever episode. But uh, yeah, you definitely want to hear what we have to say about orbs. Yeah, we have a lot to say about orbs. Yeah, quite a bit. <laughs> there's so many of them. <laughs> Everywhere. But uh, yeah, I think that was great. Um, I, I appreciate appreciate you guys listening in um, with or talking with us and discussing things. And um, I can't wait to see you next podcast. All right. We'll next talk to you episode. next time. All right.